Hello and welcome to Professionally Speaking. I'm your host Rahan Ali Muhammad and welcome to episode 7, the second last episode of this season. Uh next episode we have someone very special that will be joining us. So do look forward to that but while you're here, I do have someone special with me now. I have a lawyer. I think it's something that, you know, people that are good at public speaking have maybe thought of getting into. has been you know pushed into some people so with me today i have zakir muhammad a lawyer by profession good evening zakir how are you hi rehan thanks uh thanks very much for having me on today um it's a it's a pleasure to be here with you yeah no thank you for taking time out of your busy day or night as i should say to come and do this uh no worries at all so uh tell me rehan how do you want to get started So I want to get to know you. Who is Zakir Muhammad? Sure, sure. I'll 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 give you a a very quick um very quick history. So I was born in Nairobi. I've grown up here. I went to the Aga Khan Junior Academy and then the Aga Khan Academy um for 13 years of my life. Um did uh the IB program um just like you. And uh you know loved it. I I think the school you know gave me an excellent foundation to set me up for the future um and i still i still you know value some of the values that the school has inculcated in me after that i went to the uk to the university of warwick i studied um law um and after that i chose to come back home um just because of the opportunities that i saw at home and um you know i not only wanted to make a difference at home but i wanted to sort of add to the development in the best way that i could and i'm sure through the questions that you're going to ask me we'll talk a bit more about this yeah we will get more into it so you mentioned about you know you went to the university of warwick if i'm not mistaken how long did that take so at uh, the actual degree was a 3 year degree and you don't really specialize i mean you can start taking courses of stuff that you're interested in um but there are you know you kind of study everything as a lawyer you you know you have to get the base foundation but i did want to specialize in corporate and commercial law um just because that's that stuff really interested me and then i moved back to kenya and then that's another 2 years of law school in kenya in order for you to get your license. So I would say overall about 5 years uh to qualify as a lawyer, maybe 6 years, you know, depending on where you study and, you know, how quickly you study. So do you need just an undergrad or can you do like a masters and a PhD in law? Look, the the sky the sky is really the ceiling, right? So you can do a masters in law, you can do a PhD in law, um you can go on to teach at uh, universities, um you can go on to research, you can go into theoretical law, you can go into practical law. The the scope is really big. If you study in the UK, it's an undergrad degree. If you study in North America, so the US and Canada, it's a postgraduate degree. So you'd kind of do an undergrad in something else you're interested in and then go to law school. Um so it varies per jurisdiction. In Kenya, if you study here, it's also an undergrad degree, but it's a four-year a four-year course, not a three-year course. So why did you become a lawyer? I mean, you know, so many professions out there 
Yeah. I'm not viewers uh, for the last six episodes have seen all these different professions. So why become a lawyer? Right. It's a good question, man. You know, I, I, I unfortunately don't have an answer that goes along the lines of um, it was my calling. It really wasn't. Uh, I didn't know I wanted to become a lawyer till I was in DP1. And even then, I still didn't know I wanted to become a lawyer. When I was in law school, I still wasn't sure I wanted to become a lawyer. But I'll tell you why I got into the field of law. It's because, you know, I thought that, okay, one, it's, it was interesting um, to learn about the law, but I didn't go into law wanting to become a lawyer. I went into law because I wanted to learn and I wanted to structure my thinking. I wanted to have a very good foundational degree so that I'm setting myself up for the future. So whatever I did after doing my law degree, I always had a good foundation. That was the thinking. Me becoming a lawyer was actually opportunistic. It was because I was offered certain jobs and in certain companies and I chose to take that. And then, you know, I just grew into my role. So, I mean, it was a very practical approach I took. And yeah, you're right. I could have literally been anything, but I guess this is the the logical route I took. So, I mean, you mentioned you got into it for learning and all. So are you happy being a lawyer? Am I happy being a lawyer? That's <laughs> uh, uh, an interesting question. I'm happy with what I do. Um, and I'm happy that I'm able to use my skills to apply myself in my everyday job and sort of the impact that my job makes to the greater community. And we can talk a bit about that later on. I'm happy that I became a lawyer because I would say what I'm happy about is what it's the skills it's given me. If I'd become an architect, if I had become a doctor, if I'd become a businessman, if I become an economist, whatever it may be, I think I would still be happy. Um, as long as I was applying my skills sort of to one, make an impact, but to also earn a decent living. So I think that's, you know, it's a good balance. So overall, yeah, I would say I'm happy. So you mentioned two things that I want to pick up on. One was skills. What skills, you know, by going to university and studying law have you gained from, you know, studying, studying law? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I guess it varies per individual, right? You go, you get out as much as you put in. And what law really taught me was that, one, how do you apply yourself? You've got a set of facts or a set of circumstances in life. How do you take these circumstances and facts and make the most out of it? Uh, I'll give you an example. You go to a supermarket, right? And, um, you know, you've got five types of lettuce to buy. How do you process all that information, go to the till and pick, you know, not only the cheapest, but the one that's got the best quality, the one that's packaged in the most sustainable way, the one that's grown in the most sustainable way. So it's applying all these different skill sets and, you know, then getting the outcome of the product. And that's what it is. It just teaches you, you know, real life skills. What it does in specific is, you know, it gives you, as a lawyer, you've got to synthesize a lot of information and come out with an opinion or a determination, you know, to either help your client or further some research or a case or something. Um, and that's that's really the skill set I wanted to 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 build. The other thing that that law 
really helps me with, helped me with, and I think maybe helps other people as well with, is structuring your thinking. You know, how do you take, like we said, a big problem and systematically break it down to come up with a potential solution um, going forward? So another thing you mentioned was um, a decent living. So I know this is going to be a bit controversial, but on average, you know, lawyers around the world, yeah, look, it, it varies, right? It varies the economy that you're in. It varies on your skill set. It varies the comp- based on the company that you're in. It varies on the type of law you're practicing. It varies on what the market needs. And when I say decent living, I don't just mean making money, right? What I mean is, yes, you earn a, you know, you earn well, but you also are able to give back to the community. You have a decent work-life balance, maybe not the best, but a decent work-life balance so that you're able to also, you know, volunteer, do some pro bono projects. So what constitutes a decent living for me is not just the money, right? It's, you know, having this holistic, I'm able to spend time with my friends, with my family, I'm able to volunteer and do the most with my skill set to help the people around me. But what do lawyers make? Look, it really varies. And, you know, some, you know, people will tell you that when you earn money, it's never enough. Um, so it's being, a, it's being grateful for what you have that, that makes it a decent living. I think that's a very good quote that it's never enough. And I think I can relate that, you know, back to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so AI has grown a lot over the past couple of years. What's your view? Yes. I love ChatGPT and I love Dali and I love Quillbot. Um, let me tell you why. Because they make my life easier, right? ChatGPT, if you use it correctly, can, and by the way, I, I subscribe to the premium ChatGPT because I just, you know, the, the, way, the way it helps me be more efficient with my task is incredible. Of course, I'm not going to plug in confidential information, but it helps you understand concepts. You know, you can plug in complicated thoughts into ChatGPT and say, help me synthesize this information. And it does that for you. It breaks it down, helps you structure your thinking so that when you are drafting or when you're giving advice, you're able to also synthesize the information in a similar way. Dali, you know, when I like, I've got crazy ideas and I'm like, all right, how do I get this to work? write down my ideas, it prints a, you know, prints a picture for me. And then, you know, it kind of helps me with my mind map, right? These are all my ideas. This is how they work together. And uh, Quillbot, honestly, Quillbot helps me draft emails in such an efficient way. You know, if I want to say something and then I don't think it's, it's worded well, I plug it into Quillbot. It helps me rephrase my sentences to perhaps be more friendly or be more direct, you know, however I want it to be. So I think... I think AI, you know, is an incredible tool. I know your next question is going to be, is it going to make us redundant? And I'll give you an example, right? I do not think it will make us redundant, but it will if we do not adapt. Let me give you an example. You know, uh, a couple of centuries ago, the printing press was invented. Prior to the printing press, you know, there were people's jobs were scribes. They would write um, out books, write out the news, literally everything would be handwritten. When the printer's printing press came, you know, everyone freaked out. These people are going to lose their jobs and it's going to make the art of handwriting um, redundant. 
one, we've seen that's not entirely the case because there's still, you know, we still handwrite a lot. But two, the people who survived are the people who adapted and learned how to use that printing press to make their jobs easier and see how they can adapt with this, what we call a disruptive technology. In my opinion, AI is the same thing, right? If we don't learn how to adapt, we will be left behind. But if we try to stay ahead of the knowledge curve with AI and make use of it, then our jobs are not going to be redundant because nothing can replace, you know, the quality of human thinking. These are all driven by human thoughts. But if we're not able to understand them, that's when it becomes risky. So I, I hope I, I hope I answered that preempt, preempted question. Well, I think you answered a question that was not on the list, but okay. I mean, it, you gave your, you know, your opinion and all, and I mean, it's a good thought. I, uh, I know, uh, you know, the other people on the show have also said similar things, you know, they okay. use it for make their life easier. So do you fear that AI could take over your job? I fear that I will not keep up fast enough to understand AI, to make use of it. That's my fear. I think jobs and careers are fluid. You know, myself, I've had, you know, a couple of career changes in my short career span, um, still in law, but, you know, focusing on different areas, doing different things. And I think we constantly have to adapt. And my fear is if I get complacent and I'm not able to learn fast enough and adapt, then you get left behind. Then, you know, People say, okay, yes, the culprit is AI, but the culprit really is us. We're not keeping ourselves, you know, educated fast enough. So, I mean, this AI chat is, you know, I think it's taken the world by storm. And I mean, you know, we can go on for this for hours, you know. So I want to come back to, you know, now is, you know, becoming a lawyer competitive, you know? Yeah. Look, in this part of the world, uh, in Kenya, it's extremely competitive. You know, we were seeing news, the newspaper headlines the past week talking about youth unemployment being extremely high. And these are not people who are not educated, right? These are people who are who are uh, very well educated. You know, they're all lawyers and they're, they're not finding jobs. In addition to that, there's been a couple of, uh, you know, reports by you know, the agencies like World Bank, the UN, all stating that by 2040, Africa's population, Africa's working population is going to be the largest in the world. The problem now is if you have this large working population, but not enough jobs, um, that's when your unemployment rates get high and naturally very competitive. You also have people living longer now and working longer in their careers. So, you know, they're not freeing up those spots. So the only way to do this is to ensure sustainable development. So I know I'm not just talking about law here. I'm talking about just careers in general. And it applies to the legal system. And things like disruptive technologies like artificial intelligence don't help that. You know, they just make that process even harder. So it is going to, it is very competitive today. And it is going to continue to be competitive. But, you know, my advice to people coming in, and I'm still very, very early on in my career as well, is we need to continue upskilling. How do you find a niche that you are, one, passionate about, and two, 
that adds value in people's lives and continue educating yourself on that so that you don't left, get left behind the knowledge curve. It's the only way, honestly, to, to stay ahead of it because there's brilliant people coming into the workforce and, you know, it, it just adds that pressure. So how do you think we can, you know, make sort of the career less competitive? I mean, we keep it sustainable, you know, so for my generation, when they want to become lawyers, there's space for them. How do you think we can do that? Look, I think I think um, there's a couple of things, right? The first is, as a as a profession, we need to be understanding of new people coming in. We need to be we need to mentor people coming in because we also don't want our profession to die out, right? So what we can do is foster have a you know foster a learning environment. Um, and look out for each other so that we're supporting each other. So instead of, you know, trying to, you know, I mean, competition is good because it keeps the quality up, but it's not good when it becomes hostile. So, you know, it's keeping that brotherhood within the fraternity, as they would say, right? But I also think it's it's supporting young people. A lot of young people are actually turning away from being lawyers because they don't see law as a career of the future. Um, while that might be true to a certain extent, you will always need lawyers. You're always going to need people to help regulate, help give advice, you know, help create structures for society to function and be governed in the right way. You know, you're always going to have human relations. You're always going to have contracts. You're always going to have technologies coming about which need to be regulated. And that's the role of a lawyer. It's to really help people navigate these complex legal landscapes and as and they are getting increasingly complex you know with ai with deep with machine learning with robotics with the advancement of medical care with and we're seeing in the world with the advancement of this um civic society the movement of you know the um uh, the, the black right uh, the um, black lives matter movement with the me too movement with the lgbtqia plus movement these are you know complicated landscapes that people need help navigating and they're also ethical landscapes that you know they help they need help navigating and so there'll always be a place for a lawyer to be there we just need to find a way to adapt to the ever-changing world so that we stay relevant so that's my advice I would give to somebody who's trying to come in. I mean, that's you know, interesting. I mean, you know, you've covered up a whole lot of area, you know. I think it's something that lawyers are not going to go out anytime soon, you know. I was told that, you know, pick a career path that's not going to go out anytime soon, you know, become a lawyer. Because yeah. AI is not going to, you know, become a lawyer for you. So can, can, you I, say- can I just say something interesting? to you or just respond to your your interesting uh, comment i think and you know to anyone who's listening to this podcast i think that whatever career you choose you shouldn't be limited by the confines of that career i am a lawyer i work i i started off my career in a private equity firm i moved to a corporate law firm with all the other lawyers. And I moved out of that recently back into a consulting and private equity firm. So I'm one of four lawyers on the team, but I have, you know, a team of, you know, 20 people around me who have different backgrounds, economists, um, people who've done finance uh, and engineers. So the conventional careers that we know might not be there. So don't let 
the career you choose limit your thinking. I have friends who are lawyers who are sports lawyers. They're doing stuff in the sports space. I have friends who are lawyers in the who are in the media space who are singing and producing music. Right? So whatever career you choose, my advice would be choose it to learn, but you know, choose the degree, choose the course to learn. But don't let it limit your possibilities because you can be as creative as you want in the career. And nowadays, the career lines are blurred. I mean, you know, I've even seen like, you know, doctors working at airports, you know. So I think those career lines, as you said, are blurred now. You know, it's not that a lawyer is, you know, has to sit in an office and then go to court. and then, Exactly. Exactly. You know, and by the way, I don't go to court at all. I've been to court twice in my life. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Yeah, so do you think there is space for more people to join you know, law career? Absolutely, absolutely. I think there will always be space because we create that space. I think you know people who want to join the career should think about what's their unique um, offering to this profession. Let's create that space. You know, I have the opinion that we should not be trying to all, you know, take a small cut off the same pie. We should be making the pie bigger so that we all can have enough from that pie. And that's what I would say. I mean, you know, I'm one person that, you know, loves to give, if I'm saying something, I love to give an example of the complete opposite thing. And I think right. that's interesting how you mentioned the pie. So, I mean... Yeah, I completely agree with you. Other professions, you know, for the new generation are coming in. And yeah, I mean, it's very sort of interesting, you know, like how we need to make space because yeah. you know, in a couple of years, uh, job sustainability, like how you said, you know, Africa has become one of the most biggest employment areas in the world. That's right, yes. So we do need to make that space. And that space needs to start up from now. So totally agree with you. So I totally last, agree with you. Our last question for today. What's one piece of advice you would give someone thinking about becoming a lawyer? Okay. It's good. It's a good, good question because I'm thinking, what would I tell myself, you know, my younger self 10 years ago when I was just leaving high school? starting off my my law degree and i think i would say one there is no shortcut to hard work there's going to be long nights many of them for many 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 years i'm talking about decades you know there's no shortcut to hard work there is no shortcut to success it's a long road not only in law but in any career but i'm you know specifically in law to be focused, know where you want to go, you know, have a game plan. The game plan can change, no problem, but make sure you have a game plan so that you know where you're walking or running towards. It's not just, you know, in any direction. Three, I would say, know your values, right? You're going to be tested in life. Have a foundational values that you live by. It's very important how you talk to people, how you treat people what work you take on, how you advise clients. It's, it's, you know, integrity is everything in this, in this, um, in this profession. And four, I would say, stay true to yourself.
you know yourself better than anyone else, right? Success takes different forms. Yes, you know, maybe different lawyers around you are doing different things, or maybe they're making more money, or maybe they're in a bigger firm, but that doesn't determine success. You determine your own success. And, you know, because it's a long journey, it's very important to keep reminding ourselves that, hey, this is where I want to go. But more importantly, look where I've come from. And that is success in itself. That's my final piece of advice I would share. I think we got four or five advices from one advice. <laughs> I, should, uh, I should charge you for my time now, like a good lawyer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you, Zakir, for taking the time out of your busy day slash night to come and do this. To the viewers, thank you for watching. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all the support. Do follow us on all our social medias at Professionally Speaking. Our next episode is going to be a memorable one. It is going to be the finale episode. So do look forward to that. For me and Zakir, we are out. Thank you for watching and we look forward to seeing you soon. All the best. See you later.